Echo, ho, 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 ho. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Yes, it's true. <laughs> you take your first step into this life-giving local church mm -hmm. and find the community and the support that you've been hoping yeah. for. Let us know that you're out there. Give it a like, a little click, a little I don't comment, know what do what you want to do. <laughs> it's official. We formally invite you to make your tradition with us this year. Invite a friend to join you. We want to remind you that we have an amazing Christmas Eve service planned for you this mm -hmm. year. We'd love to see you at one of the three services that's at 1.30, 3 p.m. or 4.30 p.m. That's a great option. If you're looking to give to or through Echo today, you can head to our website, text any amount to 84321, and those are your options. Thank you for your generosity. <laughs> Enjoy Echo Online Sunday service. So
a shout of praise this morning. We don't believe that God is finished with Rochester just quite yet, that we're just getting started. The Bible says that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Are we workers here at Echo Church? So today in celebration of the work that we do here at Echo Church, let's slip up a shout of praise for Andy and Christy Cass. They're not here right now, but thank you God for Andy and Christy Cass and their heart for the city. Father, thank you for this wonderful congregation of people who have a heart to serve and to give back to the community of Rochester. Father, I just pray over today that as we pack these bags, Father, that you would go with each bag. You would touch each heart in Jesus' name. Father, they would know that they are loved. Father, that they are not alone and that they are highly favored in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray for your joy to fill this place today that we would be in joy to give back and in thankfulness, Father, to give back to your people. 
But Lord, we're thankful that you're not done with this church or this city. Lord, that you are going to bring a harvest for your kingdom tenfold, a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yes, they deserve a round of applause. Uh, just a little bit about Bruce and Sherry. Uh, they are what we call overseers of our church, and that's just a little bit of our leadership structure. We also have uh, Jeff Wint. He's a pastor in Northfield. And then we have uh, Peter and Carolyn Haas, and they're, they're pastors up in the cities. Uh, but our overseers are people who uh, have proven life experience, uh, proven leadership skills. <clears throat> they provide a level of accountability and support for our church. And basically, they're pastors to our pastors, Andy and Christy, it, which is great because the people who lead us need to be taken care of too because they're, they're humans just like the rest of us. So uh, we've got that. But Bruce, Bruce is a fellow trout fisherman. Bruce and I have actually talked about trout fishing quite a bit, but we've never gone trout fishing together, so we might have to make that happen. Uh, he also makes a mean homemade pie. He, he's a man of many talents. He's got some bird calls that he does. <laughs> I, so here's the thing about Bruce and Sherry. I met them like eight or nine years ago. Um, Sherry was in charge of Sunday school, and I, I walked in, and I was uh, teaching a sixth-grade Sunday school class. Fantastic time. Um, good memories with you guys. Uh, Annie and Christy have known them for 20 years. Um, they're dear friends. Uh, they have great life experience. They have wisdom. If I were on my deathbed, I would want Bruce to come and visit me. Uh, he has the gift of comfort and empathy. Uh, he's got one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know, and you're going to experience that today, guaranteed. Um, so, so we just, we love them. We want to honor them. Um, you, we we want to sit and uh, glean from you guys today. So please welcome uh, Bruce, Bruce Cleese, and, and Sherry. Are you coming to or is it just Bruce? Bruce, get on up here. Without further ado. I would love to rope my wife into it, but she'd kill me, so. <clears throat> well, it is so wonderful to be here. We follow your church regularly, and there's only one thing wrong with this. Andy and Christy aren't here, <laughs> so I know they're listening. <laughs> we sure all love them. Well, I'm going to be talking about my mother quite a bit uh, in my story, and my birthday was October 21st, not too long ago, and my mother called me from Wisconsin where she lives and sang happy birthday to me. <laughs> She's 93 years old, uh, living in her own home, and God has been very good to my mother. I am the oldest of six children, and we are all pretty much one year apart. Um, there was actually a, a miscarriage in there, I understand. And so we grew up in the peaceful little town of Shawano, Wisconsin. It's on right near Shawano Lake. It's uh, 
um, very peaceful, calm place, but my childhood was anything but peaceful. My father was an alcoholic, like his father before him. Like, as far back in my lineage as I can go, uh, everybody, everybody practically was alcoholic. My two brothers were, and um, so my dad was notorious for, he always worked, but boy, when he drank, he, if he was to taste or touch one beer and he would drink that, it would be the whole case, 24, 24 bottles. And he, he just couldn't stop. And more than once, he drank the entire uh, paycheck away. And so imagine my mother as um, a 28-year-old young lady with six children and zero money for the next week. And so my dad's drinking was escalating. It was getting worse. And we came up to New Year's Eve of 1956. We were going to usher in 1957. This was in Wisconsin. And what does everybody in Wisconsin do on New Year's? Yeah, you guessed it. Get drunk. <laughs> and so dad was drinking my, with my uncle. My mom was out with friends looking for him. And that night, my father did something that he never would have done if he was sober. My dad would give you the shirt off his back when he was sober. But that night, he beat a man to death. And, oh my, how that was going to change all of our lives. The next morning, uh, there were men in trench coats standing outside the door, knocking on the door. And uh, they were... They were working, they were policemen, police officers, investigators, and they were sifting through the ashes uh, of, of our wood-burning stove in the kitchen where that night, Dad brought in a bunch of a jacket and some boots, and I watched him throw them into the fire. I didn't know what was happening. I was only eight years old, but my grandmother was a nervous Nelly, and she knew that something bad was up. And so that the trench people in trench coats, they found uh, the evidence they were looking for, and in front of all six of us children, uh, they put the handcuffs on him and walked him away. And uh, boy, that, that is an experience. That's something that is in your mind for the rest of your life. And I can only imagine what my mother, 28 years old, uh, with six young children and the only breadwinner in the family, is now gone. And so the three youngest children in the family were all on bottles. Now, Steve shouldn't have been drinking a bottle, just the two youngest, but he kept stealing their bottles, and finally, Mom just gave in and made a bottle for him. And so, it was, uh, 
it was a three-ring circus around our house, but I'm trying to imagine my mother's desperation. Her biggest fear was that we were going to run out of fuel oil. She had no idea how to look at how much fuel oil was left. And even worse than that, it was such a terribly cold uh, winter in 1957, still one of the coldest ever on records that whole month. And she was terrified that the fuel oil was going to gel and we were all going to freeze to death. So my mother walked downtown to see if there was any possibility that she could get some county assistance. And uh, she, she walked in and asked them, and they told her to get a job. And so now, in sheer desperation, she walks six blocks to her church, our church, where she took us regularly, in a town of 4,800, her church was running over 3,400 members. It was the largest Missouri Synod Lutheran Church in the entire world at that point. And maybe the pastor didn't know, just didn't know what to do, but he listened to my mother's story, terrible, you know, bleak story, and he prayed the Lord's Prayer with her, and he stood up and opened the door uh, and ushered her out. And now my mother was terrified, uh, sobbing on her way home and crying out to God. The next day I remember vividly because there were more men in trench coats at our front door and we were all cowering behind mom and uh, the, the two people announced themselves as the, the pastor from the Assembly of God Church and a deacon. Uh, and they stood there kind of awkwardly. Um, the, he was a single pastor, Paul Hoff, and the farmer who was also a, an, a deacon in the church, Joe Clements. They stood there awkwardly at the door with a big cardboard box. So exciting what you guys are doing today. Putting together bags of food because I knew what it meant to us. And they said, simply they heard about our dilemma. Wow, everyone in that county knew about it. You'd walk into the dime store or whatever and everybody would whisper and point, oh, that's the wife of the guy who just killed somebody. And uh, if uh, here they are standing there, they said, we heard about your dilemma and was wondering if we could help out. And they set the, the big cardboard box down. You couldn't see that at the bottom there were whole cleaned chickens at the bottom from Joe Clements. Uh, farm, but because they were covered with a thick layer of oranges, and then over the top of the oranges were whole <clears throat> peanuts, and I can't remember if they had salt on them or not. 
But I remember we were just staring at those peanuts, the, the six kids. <clears throat> and Pastor Hoff said, if it's okay with your mother, uh, then it's okay with us that you guys can start eating them right away. And we waited for mom to say, it's okay. And we attacked that box of oranges and peanuts with a vengeance. And for us as children, <laughs> it was a delightful box full of food and full of treats. But to my mother, that box was a box literally filled with hope and an answer to her desperate prayer the day before. I, I think it was the next day, I know it was the next day, when the pastor sent another couple over, and they had the weirdest names in the world, Ampress and Getha Welch. God bless them. They were like two angels that appeared at our front door from this brand new church. And Ambrose said, I'm here to look at your oil burner. And he looked at it and he said, boy, that's not a very, that's a terrible oil burner. And my mother said, I know it doesn't kick out any heat at all. He said, but I know where there is a very reliable one and it's very, very cheap. And uh, there was, uh, you know, it was Wisconsin, and it was a hunting, a little hunting lodge where everybody would hunt deer together, and they wanted to get a better stove. Well, let me tell you, that Ampress put that stove in, he, he hooked it up, and that stove belted out more heat because it was in the living room, which was my bedroom. And uh, Getha said to my mother, She was appalled that she went, mom went downtown and the, and the city uh, just told her to get a job. So she said, you leave it to me. We're marching right down there again today and we're not taking no for an answer. <laughs> and my mother goes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and my mother was able to get a very meager financial um, county assistance, which was all my mother needed because she was a whiz with money. And that little church just started loving on us and helping us. Another family who had six children, just like our family, took us out to their farm, the Gretzinger farm. And they let us play with all their children. We loved it. But really what Mrs. Gretzinger was doing was giving my mother a break. And we started attending that church. My mother said, which church do you want to go to? Because we, we attended Lutheran school also. And all six of us said, we want to go to the Assembly of God Church. And I remember my neighbor, my, my best friend, was a Catholic, and we went to the big Lutheran church, and I remember we used to play uh, army out in the hills behind, 
And we used to mow down all the Assemblies of God people with our machine gun. <laughs> what a weird and very honest memory. And now, and now we wanted to go to that church. And we had a blast. Um, and uh, we started attending that church. I remember they were running over 200 people back in the 50s. And we started inviting anyone and everyone we knew, all of our cousins, all of our neighbors. We started inviting them to this wonderful church. And I remember one Sunday, my mother was called up front and they, of the service, and they told her that she had won the contest for inviting the most visitors, and my mother had no idea that there was a contest going on. We just wanted everyone to come to that wonderful church, and we actually invited a, a family that was poorer than us, the Allens. And it was summer, and they came to church barefoot. And I remember an architect uh, in the church, John Wolfe, and his loving wife invited the Allens out to their beautiful home on the river the next day, uh, on a Sunday. And the next day, um, Mrs. Wolf went out and bought a nice pair of shoes for all of those children. <laughs> As I look back on that loving church, I am especially amazed at their patience with us as a family. You know, we were not necessarily a feather in anybody's cap. We were just a big bundle of needs and problems, and yet nobody ever grumped at us once in that church, not even once, and I was sensitive to that. Uh, one Sunday uh, at, at the Lutheran church, they had a big, expensive pipe organ, and one Sunday a lady got up with an accordion and sang a duet with her husband. And I know it was my little brother, Steve, who went. <laughs> and then my sister, Vicky, looked at Steve and went. <laughs> and, and then we were getting daggers from my mother, you know, like, don't do this. Not in and pretty soon we're <laughs> a whole row of, of, of wild kids as wild as a billy goat trying to stop laughing and nobody ever grumped at us and they were literally loving us right into the kingdom of God and if God wanted to show his love um, to a family in Rochester or surrounding areas how would he do it you know how he'd do it he would do it through you as a church and I, uh, you know, you, you say, well, you know, maybe that worked back in the 50s, but today the government helps everybody out. And let me, let me tell you, uh, I was on staff at a, at a church here in Rochester where Pastor Andy was for 30, 29 years I was on staff. And a lady visited our church, uh, a single mom, and she had two boys, two young boys in, in um, junior high and a little elementary girl. And I went out to visit them time after time. 
every time I went, I would take a big box of food, and you know who the oldest boy was? His, his name was Mike Stair, and he's pastoring that church today. A, a dear friend of, of Andy. So would you do something for me when you put these boxes together? Would you pray your guts out for each one of them? These bags, pray that God uses them to reach people. Ministry is not difficult. Ministry is really the easiest thing in the world. It's just finding a need and meeting it. And when I look back on that little church in Shawano, Wisconsin, I want to say, well done. They stepped it up and loved us into the kingdom. And you are doing the same thing today. God bless you. Thank you, Bruce. When Bruce shows up, I know I'm going to cry and laugh. Now I've got to pull myself together. <clears throat> I do. I do. Bruce and I actually got to <clears throat> have a, a phone call yesterday, and we got to talk, just as friends. And I told Bruce that your story and I has uh, some similarities because um, I grew up in a single mom home as well. <sighs> I know what it means to look into an empty cupboard. <clears throat> and when you're a, a hungry 14-year-old, that's a, that's a sad sight. <laughs> I know what it's like to get the electricity turned off on your house. And um, I also know what it's like for people to show up at your front door. And my church <clears throat> helped in real ways. And uh, my Uncle Dan, my grandpa, are heroes in my life. Because they didn't care about religion. They cared about ministry. They didn't care about looking good. They cared about making a difference and making a difference in a young man's life. And now, part of my story is that I get to give back. And if you talked to me when I was 14, never would have thought God had brought me to the place where I am today. So this is very powerful for me. Um, because today we're doing Build a Bag. And, and this is a, it's a fun activity. We get to do something together. Uh, this is this is like teamwork at its finest because you're just gonna see this exponential like thing take off and we're we're uh, we're gonna feed people we're gonna provide for people and um, this is not just an activity this this is this is ministry this is real this is very tangible this is something that Jesus would be proud of he is proud of us he he loves this this is close to the heart of God right and as we meet we meet a physical need. With this stuff, it, it opens the door to meet a spiritual need in people's lives. 
And, and then we're, we're able to say, God loves you. Here's this. We've provided for your physical need. Let's, let's let you encounter the gospel and the saving grace of Jesus Christ, right? That, that people get to experience hope, that somebody sees them, they're not invisible, uh, that they matter, that we care about them, that God cares about them. And uh, so, so that's what this means to me. I'm sure, you know, Bruce has already, you said it, Bruce. Thank you. <clears throat> what a beautiful story of, of God's hand of provision and restoration. I love it. So um, we're, we're going to start to transition here. Uh, before, before we do, I actually want us to um, take a second, and we're going to do our, our Echo Church prayer. Um, so if, if you're uh, new to Echo, this is what we do um, just as a church. Sometimes we call it liturgy. That's a fancy church word of just saying something together, right? And it's, it's actually a pretty cool thing. I love this prayer. So, so please join with me. Stand up. Let's, let's honor just God's presence and in, invite him into our lives as we say this prayer together. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Amen. So stay standing because we're going to get moving. I'm going to invite Jordan and Chelsea to come up here, and they're going to uh, give us the logistics of how we're going to get this done. So let's give it up for Jordan and Chelsea. Thanks, guys, so much. First thing I want to say is, Pastor Bruce and Sherry, we love you. Um, I can't top what Isaac shared, but I did want to say they, they partially raised me. I was over at their house all the time as a teenager. And when I first met Pastor Bruce, um, I think I must have stressed him out a lot because he had a full head of hair. And by the time I left to college, it was all a go- Oh, it was fake. Okay, never mind. It was just a toupee. Anyway, Chelsea and I are up here to uh, let you know a little about what's going on right now. So, Chelsea, you want to give them the details, a little overview? Yeah. So, here's a... All right, so we're just going to give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do. So we're going to talk a little bit about what Build-A-Bag is, who it serves, and then um, we're going to tell you how it works and explain how to dismiss and everything. So that's going to be the, the uh, overview for today. Mm -hmm. And then also while we're waiting, while you're filling bags, we're going to have some sweet, sweet tunes. So yes. look forward to that. Some holiday music playing. Uh, so let me give you uh, some uh, details. It's, uh, this is really, Build-A-Bag is a call to serve the community. Uh, it's a chance for the people of Echo to come together um, and donate time and, and things uh, that are a need for some people this holiday season. So who does it serve is a big question. Like, why are we doing all this and who's it going to? The Landing in Minnesota, which provides services to our neighbors experiencing homelessness. Um, it goes to local elementary and middle school-aged children in need that have uh, food needs over the winter break. Um, and it goes to a local nonprofit providing transitional services to those who are impacted by homelessness, long-term homelessness. So why we do it? Because we can, right? So uh, we give by using our time, our finances. We share gifts with others in hopes that they feel the love, of, love and joy of Jesus. We are letting them know they are seen and loved and cared for. So that's pretty can awesome. Can we get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Uh, when did it start? Three years ago. Three years. Three years ago. So 
unable to use Willow Creek because they had a Lego competition. Is that right? Yeah. So, Praise the Lord for a Lego competition. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, us I here, love right? Legos, yeah. Uh, and Christy said, uh, you know, you basically take, the, take those situations and turn them into opportunities. So we gather at the castle uh, and set up and kick off the first event. That was three years ago. So here we are now. Pretty amazing that a church that's two years old has a three-year <laughs> tradition of giving back. Yeah. That's amazing. Amen. There you go. So, uh, Chelsea, give, give us some deets. All right, some stats. I'm hitting you with some stats, and we're going to quiz you later. Just kidding. Um, so the landing, um, and we're going to be building bags for the landing on this side. Um, it started in November 2020, which when you think about starting anything in November 2020 is really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Great timing. Um, so it, it started by um, as a, a contractor product, project with the city of Rochester. Um, it's helped over 580 individuals with over 11,000 visits to the center. Amazing ministry. All right. Um, the landing uh, does, you know, provides goods and services like three meals a day, toiletries, clothing, cold weather essentials, so shower facilities, laundry facilities, medical clinic access, legal aid. It's amazing. And then on the other side of the room, we're going to be packing bags for kiddos in the community that are food insecure this holiday season. So, did you know that over 4,000 kids in Olmstead um, are considered food insecure? That makes it one in seven. And what that means, and we've heard a little bit of these stories today, but what that means is that they look in the cabinet, they don't see food for the next meal. They add water to their milk to make it last, right? These are the kids that we are getting to see, serve today and to um, pack some bags for which is amazing. So, George, tell them what's in the bags. Okay, here's what's in the bags. We have a couple different uh, bags being typed, as Chelsea, uh, filled, as Chelsea said. Uh, there's backpacks for the landing, 75, that are filled with necessities, food items, and a uh, gift card for local fast food and convenience stations. There are 160 student bags filled with food items to help bridge the gap over the winter break. And then we have 15 bags being sent over to the neighboring transitional housing uh, building mid-December, filled with various supplies, room furnishings, and some of those needs. You're going to so. grab a bag. You're going to start filling it with items. There's little cards next to each that indicate the quantity that should go into each bag. And once you're done packing, you take the bag back to, you, uh, back to your seat. You're going to sit there. You're going to enjoy music, converse with your neighbor, laugh uncontrollably, mm -hmm. just enjoy the holiday yeah. season with one another. That's how I enjoy the holiday season, just laughing uncontrollably. I wake up laughing uncontrollably. It's great. He does. That's I true. Do. No. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you're going to enjoy some music from Heather and, uh, and Brandon. And then we are going to close out in prayer. And you're going to bring your bag down to the second floor. Um, we're actually going to load up the bags after the second service. So we'll have a place for you to put your bag. And that's it. And then, of course, like bring these prayers with you back throughout the week as these get distributed. We're so excited to be part of what God's doing in the community. So that's do, it. Do we uh, want to start dismissing? And I can do a yeah, few thank let's yous. let's go ahead and start dismissing. Bye, Rose. Yep. Uh, and then uh, some thank yous um, to everyone who donated uh, the items. Yes, uh, thank you. To the crew that inventory shop sorted and set up the outreach event. The Echo High crew who helped lighten the load by carrying in loads of food and, and helping count everything. Uh, they also spent time creating and writing thoughtful cards to include in each student's bag uh, to our sponsors who gave generously through financial donations and donated items, Edward Jones, Scott Scholl Office, Hy-Vee, Shields, etc. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. 
place. Why don't you guys stand with us as we close out here? We did it, another year. Another year, amen? Well, we want to thank you for, for being the willing church and the church that um, doesn't hold back but is willing to go, amen? Um, before we close out and pray over these bags, I just want to um, reiterate something for next week. Next week is uh, Big Give Sunday. Um, it's going to be a big Sunday. It's going to be a big Sunday. I just want to leave you with this. I want you this week to, to pray. I want you to fast if you've never fasted. And I want you to seek Jesus on what he is asking you to give in this season of giving, in this season of generosity. We know that Echo has the possibility to be a hope to this city, a hope to the world, and we just want to give back. Amen? So can we do that? Can we pray and seek out what God's asking us to give for the big give next week? But let's bow our heads across this place and pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come and give so humbly in this place this morning. God, right now I just pray blessing. God, I pray for a new hope to go with these bags to the, to the people that need it the most in this city. God, I pray that the landing would, would even just begin now to, to receive these bags. God, I pray for the students at RPS, God, that are needing this, that don't have food in the cupboard, God, that you would just begin to multiply these bags supernaturally, God. God, we know that you're doing a new thing, and we see, and we're grateful to be a part of it, God. And I just pray, God, as we bring these bags downstairs, as they go off to their final destination, Jesus, that you would be the hope at the center of it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 amen.